Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. This is Nerd She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour, with Mo DeKeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Hartnell. The host is recording this meeting. I'm out. Hello and welcome to The Athletic MBA Show. It's Friday. I'm Dave Dufour. That means it's Nerder. She wrote, joined as I am each and every week by Mo DeKeel and Seth Partnow. What's up, fellas? It's August. It's bleak podcasting hours. How's everything going? Great. I'm 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 a baseball fan now. Go Dodgers. Oh, oh well, the awesome. Dodgers. Hey, listen, man. It's a good time. Uh, if you're not an Angels fan, it's a good time to watch baseball in Southern California. I mean, I'm uh, going. I'm going to the game later. So. Oh, that's, oh, uh, oh, it's, it's, that's uh, why we had to record early. Okay, I, I see. I see. All about the I, have, I, I have a full full day. I'm a baseball expert now. Ask me anything. Uh, well, I don't know. What, who's your favorite player? Mookie Betts. Next. Oh, okay. Right. Ah, that, that's that's just oh, right. Kick in the face right off the bat. Do I do anything else? No, but I, I <laughs> you could not have gone like that's sort of like. I'll say this. I'll say this, and, and, and this is I, this is probably the most baseball we're ever going to talk about in this podcast, besides analogies and things. Um, he pulled me into the Dodgers. I never cared about baseball, you know, whatever I casually watch, whatever he's made me want to like, he's fun to watch. So that's why I end up being and a, a bet. Well, fan. and he sort of pushed me like them being, Oh, I, we can't have an MVP on our team is what pushed me away from the Red Sox. So yeah, it's, it's funny to me that, that you're a Red Sox fan from Alaska. How, how did, I mean, my, my, uh, my, my big Wade Boggs guy or, in fact, we were. Uh, my my uh, dad my dad is from Boston. So oh, okay, all right. That makes yeah. a little bit more sense. I, I grew up a Yankees fan from Virginia for no good reason. I just like yeah. Don Mattingly. There right? you go. Mattingly was awesome. Uh, and then I lucked into all those championships. But you know, neither here nor there. Uh, guys, what's happening with Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets? Is, is there going to be a trade? Because it certainly seems like both sides. Uh. uh are, are being antagonistic, uh, at least publicly. The owner of the Nets, Joe Sy, sends out a tweet the other day right on the heels of a an athletic report that Kevin Durant has laid down the ultimatum that it's him or it's the front office and coaching staff, which really means Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Steve Nash, of course, is the coach that, from all initial reporting, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving selected to be the coach, not coach of the team. Um, so the owner comes out, sends out a tweet, which reminder guys, just don't tweet that he stands by his front office and coaching staff. So we're, we're in a bit of a detente here. And, uh, I'm just uh, curious, this is, the opposite is something going to happen? I, we're, we're at a standoff. Yeah. Right? A standoff. It's, but it, like, like this is, this is like detente is like, we don't like each other, but we're, we're coexisting. 
This is well, not they're that. coexisting. We're not. They're not fighting publicly. This is not a fight. I think this was more of a gauntlet. Hey, look, we're gonna. This is where we're at, and we're trying to trade you. But this is where we're at. I think it's more KD trying to make the situation untenable as much as he possibly can. I well mean, done. Listen, he, he has his. He has his meeting, and then immediately it leaks out, right? And you know, it's not a. Uh, a pretty easy to tell which side that leak probably came from you know and i think that's the stuff you he's immediately going like hey i'm just gonna try to make this as uncomfortable as possible which is the i want to get the hell out of here playbook from every every player that's tried to get out of there and it, it's it's going to be interesting because here's the thing guys i don't think katie's going anywhere me either. i just don't the offers aren't there like i just i'm sorry like until somebody puts an offer on the table that makes sense maybe it's new orleans uh with with Brandon Ingram and their boatload of picks or whatever, but until somebody makes an offer that actually makes sense that the Nets are interested in, I don't think Katie's going anywhere. He's got four years on his deal. I mean, we saw Ben Simmons sit out. I don't think KD is um, going to sit out. I think he might hold out training camp for a while and be a pain in the ass at training camp, but the dude's too competitive. He loves hoops too much. I don't know if he's going to just sit out. Steve Nash is is out, right? Like that that's to me the the tea leaves here are Steve Nash is not going to be able to coach Kevin Durant it seems. But if you're Steve Nash, why would you coach not Kevin Durant, right? Like that's not what you signed up for. So it certainly at least appears like there's going to be a change there. There has to be, right? I don't know. That's that that um that's sort of assuming that like I, I it seems like coaching was never something Nash had really considered until However, it came about. Hey, how about coaching these guys? And he's like, oh, why not? Um, like maybe he's enjoyed aspects of it over his two years on the job. So maybe, and maybe, but at the same time, maybe especially last year was such a nightmare that he can be like, I don't need this. Let me go back to watching soccer. So I, I don't, I don't want to assume that that just KD leaving would mean Nash doesn't want to coach the team anymore. It might go the other way. Well, are you are you asking Dave if KD's there is Nash out? Yes, is, is that that's what, what I'm saying? asking. Like, now, yeah, are yeah, you yeah. saying? Let me ask you this question: Are you saying Joe Sy fires him, or are you saying that he, uh, Nash leaves yeah. on his own? So I res- don't I don't think he would get fired. I, I don't see him getting fired, especially not after you know the owner comes out and publicly says on Twitter, "I'm not firing my coach." Essentially, I, I don't think that. But uh, if you're Steve Nash, like you don't need this. Do you? I mean, uh, I didn't think Nash needed this in the, in the two first years one. ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I, I also didn't think this was, I from the beginning was like, this is probably not a great hire. This was not, probably would not have been my pick to coach those guys in the first place, just on the lack of experience and all the things you're going to have to deal with on a regular basis. He's done better than I expected in terms of managing the guys. I think he has issues tactically. Um, as a coach, that's different than you, you kind of see as a player, which was what made him so special. Um, I don't see him going anywhere a- unless he just says, screw it, I'm out. But I don't see them. I don't think if you're Josiah, you can fire Sean Marks or Steve Nash at this point, at least unless if you go through the season and the, you know, the team's like whatever, like 3-15 and 15 or something like that. I don't think you can fire him. I don't think you should. Like, you know, the Nash thing is is set aside because – I think we can. I I agree with Mo that he's he's 
done better than I thought. I thought he, especially his first year, he did a pretty good job. Like, um, but whether or not he 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 should be the coach going forward, that's sort of a a separate issue. There's there's no way that that the way this is shaking out that you should fire Sean Marks. Like if like most of the time when it comes down to you know me or him, I think you pick the player. But at this point, like. If it's really a situation where the player's like, I'm going to demand full control of the organization and I'm going to make silly decisions with it. Especially if it's a player in their mid-30s, no matter how good they are. I just don't think it's, I, you know, Sean Marks has shown he can build a team. I don't think Kevin Durant has shown he can build a team that's going to be successful at this point. Wait, you didn't <laughs> like DeAndre Jordan as a starting center? I mean, I think, yeah, that's the, the the oddest part about this is, like, you should fire him for not telling me no is essentially what this boils down to because all the problems with the roster were stuff that I asked for, and so it's his fault for doing it. Well, that's all. The, that's also the other reason why, and everybody, like, the internet goes completely nuts, you know, shocking, right? Um, oh, this is an easy decision. If I was the owner, I'd fire those. They'd be packing the second KD not said a this. chance. Nope. And it's like, yeah. yo, it's, I go like, it's not, and, and I, Katie is a great player when he's healthy and rolling. He is a top five player in the NBA and a type of player that you can build a championship team around. Granted, he's older and things like that. All that stuff. I understand that. But this is almost, and this is a bit weird in the, in the situation Joe, Joe size in is this is a battle for the team's soul at this point, right? You can't, you fire these guys. Doesn't mean Katie doesn't request a trade six months from now, a year from now. After he sees that, hey, this situation's untenable, you know, making Kyrie the GM player coach w- wasn't the best idea I had, and now we're completely screwed. Go look at all the, the moves LeBron has made with the Lakers and how that's panned out for them in the past two years after winning a championship. Like, I just think when you're Joe Sy in this situation as an owner, first off, this is your last two years coming up to bite you in the ass. And now it's a question of like, yeah, now I am trying to take control of the team. And if it does cost you KD and it does cost you Kyrie and you're going to have to suck for a while because you gave away all these draft picks, that's the cost of the mistakes you made over the past two years. And that's just a situation you're in in this uh, where you put yourself. The unfortunate part here, you know, for Sean Marks is, man, if they could just get everyone to get along, they probably going to have a good season right playoff if, team. yeah if Kyrie can play and, and Kevin Durant stays healthy I mean this is a you got Kevin Durant you got a shot at a title and, and I love you know they got Patty Mills coming back theoretically Ben Simmons is going to play and he would be a nice fit with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and I, I mean I don't know it's it's they need to keep these guys around they need to figure out a way to smooth it over at least try it you've got until at least January 15th right and, and, and apart from all the drama. This is actually a pretty good just free agent acquisitions from the Nets. You know, they filled some holes. They got a little bit bigger on their wing with Royce O'Neal. They're going to get Joe Harris back healthy, hopefully. That's a bigger wing there. Obviously not a great defender, but can shoot. Kind of helps spread the floor there. Who knows what you get from Ben Simmons. You took a flyer on TJ Warren on a one-year deal. He's in a situation where, hey, I got to show I'm healthy. I got to show out this year. He might be a scoring punch off the bench. And you also get Kyrie, who has the ball out this year. He's on the last year of a deal where he's in a situation where, hey, I need to get the next contract. And when I went looking for a sign and trade, nobody wanted to give me a big contract. I need to play this year. 
You got Kyrie on a contract here. It's a solid team right now. Just on without the drama. Put the drama aside. I look at it going like, hey, man, this is a playoff team. But I think that that's where when the decision comes down, it's you're not just there's the you have to factor the drama in because it's like, okay, you know, top five player or GM. If that's the only decision, that's an easy decision. The problem is, again, it's the everything else that that you're also signing up for that you have to take into account. And for me, that's not a like, okay, if it was Giannis or Jokic, someone in like the very prime of their career. Yeah. Now we're kind of we're now we're wondering, but and we're going to talk about championship windows later. But this is like the next year and a half or the next ten years. Who sets you up better for that? Sean Marks has shown he can he can he can assemble talent with with you know a dearth of resources. So that's again that's not an easy that's not a hard call for me. Yeah, it's just I mean I also just think at the end of the day, and and I. You know, just looking at it, like everybody's hands in this dumpster fire from KD to Kyrie all the way to Nash, which I didn't, again, tactically, I didn't think was good. Sean Marks, you know, basically just cool, whatever. And Josiah greenlighting every decision. Everybody's holding matches in this dumpster fire. Everybody kind of threw it in like it was a bonfire. Now the situation is Josiah's trying to get the team back and get under control and that stuff. And I think that's just. Sounds crazy, but I'm almost like that's a decision you got to make. And I look, I would just look at him going like, "Hey, man, we get the right offer, we'll trade you." But I'm not trading you for garbage. And and people who say that they don't have any leverage or KD has all the leverage signed a four year deal. He has four years left on his contract. He ain't sitting out for four years. He's going and 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 well, he's 34. Pon- well, and and teams will pony up an offer as we've seen throughout the season. Remember all this time last year. Ben Simmons' trade value is complete trash. And then look at the trade deadline, right? It flipped. So there's, I mean, it's, it's, it may be a long time. I don't think KD gets traded till, if he does, I don't think it's going to be till the season gets going. I think I do want to back out just a little bit here. And I, some of this I kind of lay at the feet of, and it's a similar problem, but I kind of lay it at the feet of, player representation okay you want to get traded now the sort of the the quick rip the sort of short term make the situation untenable so they want to trade me is to kind of play this game you know you 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 talked about it mo with like the different things you do to make the situation untenable but that actually kind of makes it harder because now uh, teams on the outside are like well this guy's a malcontent, or they have no leverage, so we're going to lowball him. And now it's harder to trade because the offers suck. So you've actually kind of, it may feel good in the moment to feel like you're doing something. It's almost like at a, you know, a similar issue with, with, the, with like the GM or the coach and the agent is, all right, this is what you want. No for this right now. This doesn't actually get you what you want. Let's talk about it and pick a smarter way to get there. And it doesn't feel like people are doing that as much as they should. And that's a hard part of the job, but that's the job. I mean, that's it. That's the job. It's it's managing players. It's managing, you know, your your coaches. It's managing your owner when you're in the front office. And with all of that stuff. And and goes both ways on every level and things like that. And 
I mean, I'm not too worried, Seth, in terms of teams going like, okay, he's a malcontent. Maybe I don't want to make these offers or whatever. Because I think teams re- now at this point, yeah, teams read the smoke screen, right? Like it started with Goran Dragic is one of the nicest dudes in the league. And then when he wanted out of Phoenix, turned into a prick. Well, it's because he's trying to get out of Phoenix, right? Like right. every team kind of realizes that. It's, it's Chauncey Billups threatening to retire if anybody picks him up on amnesty waivers and then asking afterwards, you know, when the recording's done, do you think they bought this? And they're like, no, you're like the nice dude. And of course, I was with the Clippers. We picked him up on amnesty waivers. He was unhappy. Still came and balled out for us. Like, it, it, you know, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Like yeah, Kevin no, Durant that, is going to play. I mean, yeah. Kevin Durant is going to play whether he's in Brooklyn or somewhere else. I, I think that if you're a team thinking about trading for Kevin Durant and thinking that he won't play, that's not a thing. No, that was that was more of a general than a specific yeah. to, to KD. Like I think sure. that you know you like there's never been any question about KD's like competitiveness or anything like that. Whereas from some other players who kind of gone to this playbook, that maybe feeds into sort sort of that that other sort of those questions about those players. So, but it's in general, I think that's one of the things that sort of picks away, makes it harder to actually get what you want, which is to play somewhere else. Yeah. And and I just think in general, like what's stopping this is just nobody's putting a trade package out there. It didn't seem like the Nets were interested in DeAndre. And so a sign and trade never really kind of happened in that situation. Um, We know the whole situation of with Miami and Brooklyn's not making that deal unless they're getting bam and they can't trade bam with Ben Simmons the whole situation there I I, honestly I just don't know where you're gonna get the offer from unless somebody kind of just changes their mind like I I still think New Orleans is the best place I still think New Orleans would be a a a fun place for KD I think they can put together an entire package that would make sense for Brooklyn but I just don't feel like anybody's really doing that or, or 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 pushing that I mean and I mean that from New Orleans side or or Brooklyn side Okay, guys, so the Nets championship window when they got Kyrie and Kevin Durant seemed like, what, three years-ish when they made that that signing? Like, you know, just that was our gut feeling. Three, maybe four years, depending on how KD came back from the Achilles injury. And he's looked great. But as as we all know, their championship window, uh, I don't know if it's open or not anymore. This is how quick things change in the league. Guys, the Boston Celtics have a great young team that just made the finals. What's their window look like? Is it a five-year window? Or is it really two? I mean, it's it's funny because when you what we do, this is what we do with the championship window. We look at the player's age and not actually look at the player's contract length. And I think that's the difference. Because just looking at the age of the Celtics, you're like, damn, this team can compete. For the next 10 years, Tatum's like a baby's 12 um, or however old he is. You know, uh, Jalen Brown's a year older than him. You know, this this is Robert Williams is coming along. You know, yeah, they're going to have to figure out Horford and things like that. But they got a young squad, Malcolm Brogdon. They've loaded up this and that. Their championship window is going to extend forever. But now you look at the reality of it and and, and forget just – Jalen Brown being constantly included in rumors nonstop, not just for KD, but across the board. You know, there's always a rumor that he's going somewhere or this or that. He's got two years left on his deal. That's the championship window. Your core piece, the the the, the I think in my opinion and the way I view it is, your core your window is as only as big as the next 
core guy's contract being up because you don't know what's going to happen. And now in this day and age, it's almost weirder because everybody demands a trade at some point. Everybody throws it. uh, Let's go, you know, like KD, four years left on his deal. I want out. Like you're going to have a lot more of those weird scenarios. So I don't know really what the long-term window looks like. But for me, I think it's more we got to look at the contract lengths instead of just, hey, these guys are young. I think window's the the wrong analogy. I think I think we are. That's where we're kind of tricking ourselves almost. It's like because the window is like in one spot, but really it's more like a hallway. Like what the door is right in front of you. You can see those. You you know the hallway is kind of okay for a team that has what we would say now is a short championship window. All right, the hallway comes to a dead end two years from now if your best players are thirty seven or something like that. But if you're the Celtics, like. The hallway kind of goes off in the distance. You just can't really see what's down there because you're too far away. So you know it exists, but it's far less certain than what's kind of closer. And I, that might lead you to the same place, somewhat similar to the same place as Joe was talking about. But I do think we need to because there is a, there is a situation, a scenario where Boston does not have to do a lot of like revamping, and they kind of keep broadly this core together, and it's there for a decade, and they do stuff. There's also situations where that doesn't happen, but that's very different from the Lakers who their, you know, their, their pathway ends, you know, as soon as LeBron is not a top 10 player anymore. Well, look at the Phoenix Suns. The, the Phoenix Suns made a, a run to the finals and then ran out of gas last year. And it seems like we've all decided that they have no chance at a, at a championship now, right? It was, it was the last two years or bust. Now, how much of that is about Chris Paul? How much of that is about DeAndre Ayton? Vibes. I mean, the vi- right, the vibes fell off. <laughs> they fell off a cliff. And so, you know, they're a team that in order to reopen that window or extend that hallway, wh- I mean, what do they do? No, I mean, right there, they have the tools. It's now, it's, it's, it's literally vibes more than anything else, you know? And, and yeah, Chris Paul is going to be a year older and you can kind of be worried about that stuff, but you got to hope the other guys kind of step up and fill the, the holes that, that, that Chris is going to end up leaving as he ages. And, and, and mainly a guy like Devin Booker kind of stepping into more, even more of a lead role. And then Aiton really kind of stepping up that one's vibes. I'm actually not that worried about the Suns. I think we're sleeping on them to a degree too much. Cause here's the thing. And we make too much of the, uh, players have problems with coaches type stuff. I mean, let's just look at just history. Phil Jackson, after his first run with the Lakers, wrote a book and eviscerated Kobe Bryant. Eviscerated Kobe Bryant. You read that book and you literally said, he ain't ever coaching that kid again. Fast forward, they win two championships together. Like, it's you're, 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 you're kind of looking at it in that sense of just like, these things can get fixed. So I think Phoenix... Their their window is shorter just because that's more H situation because Chris Paul's getting older and how will they replace Chris Paul? But I think again, I think it comes down to and I think the the real part of the topic I want to get to is just how do you as a team plan now, right? Because now it's short term, long term, right? Used to be the game. You think in short term, you think in long term. Some teams do have to think more short term, like the Lakers, as Seth said. But now is the long term really just shorter? Like what's Oklahoma City's playing the very long game. But should they be thinking shorter term? Well, where's the short-term just... success, right? Like, 
what have you done for me lately? And again, I, I think the Thunder, given the the circumstances uh, of their location, right? Like just the market, they have to think more long term, and they have to get guys through the draft process and in their program that way. Yeah, but, until the guy demands a trade or wants to be uh, assigned elsewhere. But Mo, to your point, is this just more light years thinking from the Warriors? Right. Like if you look at what they've done, right, they've drafted pretty well. They've developed pretty well. They've kept their stars. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on how well they've developed players over the years. Like, listen, like Kevon Looney's been great. Like, obviously, Curry, Clay, Draymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Top guys. But like they've had a lot of misses, too. Like in in that in that range before we go touting light years thinking you know the whole Patrick McCaw Jordan Bell the whole league was upset three time champion Patrick McCaw just you, you know but like okay yeah and and played what four minutes you know a uh, 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 McKenny like the whole list of guys right like we could run through the the list of Quinn Cook um, all of the guys we can run through that they've kind of not developed so in that sense but I think it is an element of being smart as a front office and that's where you got to give the Warriors credit is they have done a good job with their free agents they have done a good job keeping the guys that they need understanding how to replace guys I mean guys you know certain pickups were really big you know just Gary Payton the second was a big pickup and then understanding yo we can't re-sign him and let's hope the young guys step up now and I think we'll see if they're really light years ahead in their development Dave Based on how the young those young guys develop, because now they're needed. Moses Moody, Kaminga, even Wiseman, those guys are needed. So we'll have to see how that plays out for them. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, yeah, I don't want to litigate this too much. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Much, but, like, they're not too far removed from thinking that, you know, D'Angelo Russell and Kelly Oubre were the answers. So, let's, you know. Now, those those situations ended up working out, but that's like a triple bank shot. Like, oh, they only have Andrew Wiggins because they did stupid things to get D'Angelo Russell. Is like So, therefore, D'Angelo Russell was a good move. I mean, like, come on now. All right, hold on, hang on. I don't want to relitigate this because it is old, but I do think that there's a certain amount of, from a, just a cap uh, flexibility standpoint, not losing Kevin, Dur- like getting a, that contract back for Kevin Durant allowed them to stay over the cap and to use all the tools at their disposal. So, yeah, I mean, you could call it a triple bank shot, but the truth is it worked out. So the one guy on a on a overvalued contract in the league who turns who is super well suited to be the fourth best player on a team for a team that will then give you assets to take him for this other contract that everyone recognizes as bad. Okay. That's that's what I'm talking like yeah, you could have turned that into something, but it would have it, it the fact that that it like it was in no way uh predictable that uh it's like oh yeah, we're just adding the contract and he's going to suck with us. But then we're going to make this other move, and it's going to be great. Like that's like okay. I we're we're we've gone off the rails. And I'm going to pull <laughs> us back on now. It's back August. to the actual freaking question. <laughs> okay, about championship windows though, and teams really have to start being smarter in terms of just just what their window is, and 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 where they're going with this, and what they're doing. Like Oklahoma City is an interesting one to me, in that like. You know, yeah, you have to build differently than everybody else, but you also have to deal with the same constraints that other teams do, which is certain guys at a certain point are going to want to leave if we're not winning, you know, and what are we doing here and, and, and all of those things. And I think that's the stuff, I think, when, when I'm looking at these windows or a team like Boston, right now their window's two years. I'll tell you right now, Denver, their window's pretty short right now. Their hallway's pretty long. See, now we got too confused with all the analogies. Freaking Seth. Hallways um, long and all the doors are locked. Yeah, it- I don't know now. Now I'm lost. I don't know if the bases are loaded or now if it's what's. We're, we're what's now going in the on. shining, I think, in the and overlook like, you hotel. Know, the, right, like you know, the twins are going to come running around. Oh, sorry, I just I stepped mean, on my to dog's the, tail. To a certain um, degree, Seth, you're actually right, man, because it is. It, it feels impossible if you don't have a top. Uh, what are we saying? Six guy, top six or seven guy, a, a, a Seth tier one A guy. That you can keep around. This is the trick, Mo. Steph Curry has stayed around. Giannis has been around, and and I'm assuming will stay around. 
you know, Tim Duncan. We always talk about the Spurs, but it was Tim Duncan. So if you have that sort of tent pole guy, your hallway is longer. And that's the trick. How do we how do teams go about changing? You almost have to change the culture of player movement, right? When you bring guys in, you got to learn to keep them. Like so Boston has an opportunity with Tatum and Jalen Brown potentially, but at least Tatum, where this is our tent pole guy, and we're gonna compete as long as he's good. And we're going to keep him happy for as long as we can and keep him here, Mo. That's the hardest part right now. It's it's not even that. Like, that's your guy, but now you need to build around it. And your next guy in that thing is Jalen Brown. And again, it's... it's. And I'm not saying, like, Jalen Brown's leaving in two years or anything like that. Just two years, he's a free agent. And, you know, all the... Docu- all everything out there, it doesn't make sense for him to sign an extension financially. Like, he's going to be a free agent. So, Boston is going to have to decide, can we sign him or do we have to trade him? And then that changes your, 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 your focus as a front office and the decision-making that goes into it. It's just saying, like, I just have a problem with people always saying, this team's window is so long or so wide open for this long. It doesn't feel that way. It hasn't felt that way with any team for the most part. And, and, and I want to exclude the Warriors because they are they, they did kind of fuck it up a bit by winning the championship this year. And good for them. <laughs> but like but but you know but we also didn't expect it to at the start of the year year, I think. True. You know, some people might have, but like for the most part, we looked at it going like this is a shaky situation. But the other teams, you know, the Lakers win a championship. We're like, well, how big is that window gonna be? How, you know, it's it's dependent on LeBron's age. The Bucks with Giannis, cool, but when Chris Middleton goes down, they can't get past the Celtics. You know, it's 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 always it's just a always kind of shorter than you think it is. Is really my thing, you know. Philly, great example. Now they got pieces; they look solid, um, but they're old, right? Like the PJ Tucker, great. They stole him away, three year deal, awesome. He's going to be forty at the end of that deal, and barely finished the playoffs last year. Like your your what's your situation there? You know, it's it's I I just think the discussion of how long a guy a team's window is, and I think a team has to really kind of assess it in a way. And I don't think teams are very good at evaluating their current situation. I think that's the honest truth. And that's maybe really what I'm trying to get to. No, that's and that honestly, that's the that's you know you mentioned the tears. That's the point behind the tears is because I, you know, I have you know seen and heard about teams are consistently like. The everything, the, the magic asterisk that everything is going to work out in our favor is very tempting. Um, I want to like, there's something this this discussion is made make me think of because I think that that like, the window is open versus the window could be open. Like, hey, we we have ourselves set up, but we still have work to do to keep it that way. Something that I've I've kind of learned about over the last kind of year as I've kind of you know on 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 the, the, the day job side gotten more into like the college football space is that. In the in the NCAA with the transfer portal, you're not done recruiting a player when he comes on campus. There are now like team, especially like football teams, given the size of the roster, almost have have to have an internal recruiting coordinator to like, okay, you got the guy, and now you got to keep him. And that feels a lot like what we're talking about now, where it's not just we, you know, it used to be it's like, well, we have we have this player under team control for which is you know problematic language to begin with, but. I think that that the reality of that, as we've seen, has really faded away in the last year, few years, and I'm not sure that either on our side or on the team side we fully uh, 
coped with what that means in terms of of okay, what do we have to do to you know keep keep this player with the program? And it's not just say yes to everything. I think we've seen that's the, the worst thing that you can do. I, yeah, that's, I think we've seen the and damage that's what that happened can in do. Brooklyn. Yeah, it's well, happened I, in a I, lot of situations. Yeah, I think we've seen like we've we how how often have we talked about Atlanta in terms of now it hasn't the been as yeah, but but even in like smaller picture, like it hasn't been like cripplingly disastrous in Atlanta. But there's things that probably you know like we, how often have we talked about turning the keys over to Trey Young so completely so early has probably stunted them. And then Mo gets mad at me for suggesting that he shouldn't have to play defense, but we'll get, which I never said. I mean, anyway, yeah. But that I, I but does that make sense kind of where I'm going here? Mm-hmm. No, it, it definitely does. And I think part I think part of the problem is teams constantly giving up to guys, caving into what they d- demand. They're star they're so afraid of the star player. You know that it's it's yes, what yes, we will see sign DeAndre Jordan. Oh, you're pissed off DeAndre Jordan's playing behind a better center and Jared Allen. Okay. We'll fire the coach, and then that coach will start DeAndre Jordan, and then you know? trade Jared Allen. Yeah, and and we'll get rid of Jared Allen, so it's not even something to worry about. By the way, Nick Claxton also ended up being better than DeAndre Jordan in that, and probably should have started over him at that point. But you know, it's it's the constant caving of it and hurting your franchise at the same time. This isn't, hey man, we want a different food for pregame meal or postgame uh, or post-practice meal or whatever or things or, hey, we're not happy with these flight times or stuff like that. That's small stuff you could fix. But when you're allowing them to make these types of big decisions, it's really it's really where it gets difficult. And I think, it, and now the players have the hammer of just, I could demand a trade whenever I want. And if you're a star player, it makes it difficult, you know? Um I will be very interested to see the repercussions of the Ben Simmons holdout over the next several years and what that will be in the CBA negotiations. Cause I think that's also, this is all going to play a part in a lot of things. Yep. And I think this is going to, this isn't a novel concept. I'm not a genius, although I think I am, but like other people I'm sure are thinking this and I'm sure it's going to be stuff that they're, they're working on towards the CBA as the owners are probably going to be like, yo, we can't keep having this. I'm just going to be very fascinated to see how this goes. I think teams like Memphis are going to have tough decisions to have to make. And the question is, okay, well, they're young as hell. They're all under contract apart from uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. constantly getting injured. You know, how long is their hallway or short? I don't understand that analogy anymore. (laughs) I'm going to go back to the window and, you know, like how open is their window? You know, like this is the whole thing. So, you know, I think that's really I'm I'm just curious if teams are going to start having to think differently in terms of what their window is. And does that mean fuck it, we gotta go for it right now? Cause it and I mentioned it, I didn't really get to touch on it, but like Denver. Denver's gotta go for it now, in my opinion. Whatever it's out there, they gotta go for it right now to try to win a championship. Not because Jokic is leaving, not because this or that, but this is They've been in the cycle a lot, and now it's time to go win it. Same for the Clippers. And a lot of it's been injuries that have held both those teams behind. It's not fault to either of those teams. But, yo, you got to go win now. You got to go show you're a championship-level team. This is the situation. And if a move presents itself, you got to go make yourself, and it makes you a better chance to win a championship, you got to go make that move. Future be damned at this point. And I think some teams are getting have to think a little bit differently in terms of their 
thinking how long they have until they got to win. And I think Memphis is going to be on that clock pretty soon. I think that the, the hard part here, and this is, this is across a lot of everything we're talking about is like balancing these things against each other. It's, it's much easier to operate if you're all one way or all the other. You're, talk, you're talking about it. Like if the, no, we're never listening to what the player asked for, or we're always saying yes, neither of those are right. Right. Like, I think, you know, you have a player of, you have a player of, of KD's like, you know, stature and ability. I don't think there's anything wrong with him having input, like him, him having opinions, him having a voice, him even having a vote almost on like personnel stuff. I but mean, it was, it, go ahead. No, but it's like, it's just the, the, the Kyrie at the end of the season, me, KD, Josiah and Sean Marks will sit down and work out the roster. Like you're, I mean, at that point, like, right. I understand star players. You, you want their input. I'm not gonna lie to you. Pop got input from Tim Duncan, but he didn't run the, but he didn't make decisions right. just based on exactly what Tim said. Right. You know, and, and 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 so you get the input, but just the concept of like, yo, we run this, or we should be running yeah. this, hasn't and, worked out for a lot of these teams. And and what I'm saying is the balance is hard between okay. My input is being taken into effect. I have ownership of this too, without it being all the way I'm making every call. And I think that's that's hard. But as we as we always say when we talk about something being hard here, that's the job. Like you're trying to win an NBA championship, highest level of competition in the basketball world. Yes, it's hard. That's the job. Now you have to do it or you don't win a championship. And that's a perfect place to wrap up. Uh, you guys have anything else before we uh, go away for another couple weeks? Just getting warmed up here. I can't believe we're stopping them. I know. Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, shout out to Serena Williams. One of the best athletes ever. She's going to retire. Congratulations. That's great. Now you get to go do other fun stuff. I'll be um, at the U.S. Open, so hopefully she'll be able to uh, uh, make it to the semifinal. Yeah, I hope she makes a great run. Um Anyway, uh, for Seth and Mo, I'm Dave. Thank you guys for listening to Nerder, she wrote, on the Athletic NBA Show.